Amen. Kind of soothes the soul, doesn't it? <laughs> Praise God. I want you to go in your Bibles this morning to John, John the third chapter, John the third chapter. As a look here, I'm titled this message simply this, because someone walked in with this question today. You've had this question just rolling over in your mind. You may not even have spoken to your spouse about it. You wonder if God has heard you. And so you walk in here and you're just, you're, you're just wondering, is it possible? Is it possible? You're not looking at other people, you're looking at yourself. You've been asking yourself the question, can I change? Can I change? Can life be different than what it is? Can I change? Can I hear an amen this morning? I, I, want, to, I want you to know God's heard your prayer. He, he knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. And he has answers. But the answers, they do, they do require your participation. But it's way more than that. And so we're going to look at an individual in the Word of God this week, and if the Lord allows me next week, we're going to look at a, a gentleman by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Now, he is an individual who, who has all the understanding of Judaism. He is an observer of the law. In fact, he's got the first five books memorized. He's in his sphere of influence he has the influence you would look at him and say okay this is a moral dude he goes to church he's got all the he's ticked all the boxes uh, surely he is saved from the wrath to come but here he still has questions and it's funny to me and we'll get into it more next week if the lord allows me but in the, in, the cloud, in the shroud of darkness, he requests a meeting with the light of the world. So, I want you to pray with me right now, child of God. Pray with me, those of you that are struggling right now. Let's just pray in agreement, because I believe the Lord's got some answers this morning. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would take this bread, Lord God, as I bring it to you, Lord, I'm, I'm asking you to bless it and to break it, Lord God, that my, I may distribute it, Lord God, to your children. Lord, your bread is nourishment to us, Lord God. Your, your, your life is light to us. And I, I'm asking, Father, that the imagery of the Word of God would so penetrate our heart that, Lord, we would get a clear depiction, Lord, of what you are doing and Father, I'm just asking you right now, Lord, to take my tongue and begin to articulate, Lord God. Begin to use it, Lord, as a paintbrush on the canvas of hearts. Lord, let the anointing, Lord, that crushes yokes, God, begin to begin to flow, Father God, from our, from our heart to, to touch the Lord God. Those that are here, Lord, that's a, that's a bondage, Lord God, that they're walking under in the hurt and the hate, shame and the pain. May begin to melt away by the glory of the, of the person of the Holy Spirit as they hear the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing and what you've already done in Jesus' name. I want you to look here. We take up the conversation in the setting, and we see that it is at night. In John 1, we're going to read down to verse 17. There was a man of, a fair, of the Pharisees. Those of you who don't know, they're, they're fair, you see. They're, they have... They, they, they understand law. They understand the Torah. They understand instruction. They have all of the, uh, uh, the, the Judaism, the cultural mindset. They're looking for the Messiah. They're looking for the one to come. The challenge was is they didn't believe necessarily that Jesus was the Messiah. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher and you come from God. For no one can do the thing, these signs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3, And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? 
Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I had told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And Moses, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. For whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So you ask the question, can I change? Is there change for me? Can I walk the walk? Can I talk the talk? Can I, can I, can I be the person that my my family needs me to be? Can I be the person that my church needs me to be? Can I be the person that the world needs me to be? Most importantly, can I be the one who's God's called me to be? Can I change? Can I change? Well, let me say to you today, there is a prerequisite to entering into the kingdom of God, and that is transformation. If there's no transformation, there's no entry. You can't see the kingdom of God because the kingdom is an unseen realm. And if you're going to see it tangibly, physically, if you're going to see it one day, the only way you're going to be able to see the kingdom of God is by entering in to a relationship with the living God. In order for that to happen, there is going to be a total transformation of who you are, who you, who, who you thought you were, who you were in the past, and who you will be in the future. I'm here to share with you some good news. God came to this world not because he hated you. He came because he loved you. And he walked upon this earth in order that you may receive the good news of the doctrine of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice and to enter into relationship if you will believe today that he is Lord of your life. So as we look here to the word of God, it's, it's amazing to me that the communication that Jesus brings to Nicodemus. See, because many have in their, 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 their mind's eye, or you've been taught, and you, maybe you've had some, some time in church, and maybe you've been in church for a long time, and, and you come in, and, and, and you all of a sudden, you, you're taught behavioral modification. You're, you're taught that if I act good enough, if I behave good enough, if my, if my words are, are, are the right words, and if I give enough, uh, then ultimately I will be saved. It is not behavioral modification we're looking for. We're looking for transformation that will take care of the behavior it is a transformation of your nature by surrendering your heart entirely to God. Now, I've made this statement through the years, and I just want to modify that statement just ever so slightly. And I have said this, the devil cannot deal with a made-up mind. I, I, I believe that. But I believe to really drive it home, because the mind is included in this, the devil cannot deal with a surrendered, a wholly surrendered heart. And it wasn't until each person comes to that place of absolute surrender do they fully understand the lordship of Christ and they begin to walk differently. They begin to talk differently. Their behavior is not just modified. Their nature is transformed 
and it's joy to worship God. See, without transformation, we're not fit for the life in the kingdom of God. <laughs> There's not going to be people that show up at death's door, step over without accepting Christ, that go to heaven and, and say, I'm ready to enter into your kingdom. The Lord's going to say, you're not fit for my kingdom. You wouldn't fit in here. You didn't like it on earth, you're certainly not going to like it in eternity. <laughs> in fact, those that absolutely refuse a relationship with Jesus Christ on earth, God has a place for them in eternity. Those who accept Christ as Lord and Savior and, and live their days in relationship with Him, then the Lord's got a place for you prepared. So as we look here, we see that Without transformation, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. And see, I love how that the Lord, he uses such imagery, if you will, with, with Nicodemus. Because he's talking to a man who's, who's got deep understanding of the Torah. He's got deep understanding of culture. He's got deep understanding of, of the things that, that, are, that are around him in Judaism. And he looks over to, to Nicodemus and he said, you've got to be born again. Born from above is what that literally means. He's like, Jesus, I'm a Pharisee. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm part of the group. Look around. Do you not see the? Do you not see my my garb that I've got on? This is a declaration that I have I have gone through all of the teachings of Torah. In fact, I have memorized the first five books. I'm I'm in like Flynn, right? I've got all there is. I, I, just give me a, just just give me a verse in 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 in, in Genesis, Exodus, uh, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers. Just just say one. I can quote it. I can quote it. We can bring reference to that. He's like, no, you got to be you got to be born again. I was born in Israel. I, I'm I'm born in the covenant people of Jehovah God. This is, this is my nation. This is my, my territory. We're looking for the Messiah to come and, and overthrow the, 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 the Roman government who has had us subjugated. We're, just, we're looking for the king of kings to come and, and, and dispel all the, the misnomers about his covenant people. The temple, it's, we, we are in covenant with What do you mean I've got to be born again? What do you mean? How am I going to get? I'm an old man. I got to go back into my mother's womb and come out all over again. So he was saying to the Lord Jesus, I was born into this thing. I was born into this covenant relationship. I've done everything that was required according to my understanding of the law. And so now you're telling me that I'm not ready? That's exactly what the Lord's telling him. So he makes this statement. He said, notice there, verse 5. And Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless you're born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, is he talking about the waters of creation? Is he talking about the waters of the womb? Or is he talking about the waters of baptism? The answer to that question is yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> now, if you just follow the narrative, it's, we, we see that there's, those of you who don't know, men especially, my wife was talking about when she gave birth to our eldest and, and how that uh, her water broke. You ever heard that? My mother called when uh, she was getting ready to give birth to me and called my dad. He was at work. She said, my water has broke. He said, well, call the plumber. I don't know anything about plumbing. She said, no, Goofy, get over here and take me to the hospital. 
So as you, you look here, we see that there is the, the water of the womb, there's water of, of creation, and then there is a water of baptism. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time as, as the Lord Jesus is the one. Nicodemus called the meeting, but Jesus is, he's like, okay, let's, let's dive off deep here, Nicodemus. Let's talk about some things uh, that you understand uh, in the natural, but you need to understand them in the spirit. You need to understand what takes place, first that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. So I'm going to take a little bit of time and talk about being born again. Jesus invokes the imagery there in Nicodemus' mind there when he begins to talk about uh, what it means to be born again. Now, we've done some study here, an intriguing study about how that when God brings covenant people through water, Something miraculous is in the process of it and on the other side of it. I believe it was to lead up to this conversation right here. Hmm? I will. It's my message. Hold on. Hold on, mama. Don't get ahead of me. Now let's go back to creation. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now Moses wrote that under the inspiration of the Spirit. He's given us the creation account, right? Now, he's telling us, I love that, in the beginning, God. Who started start? God. Who began the beginning? God. But see, Moses is trying to bring us into an understanding spiritually. So he, he, it's like the, the, the first stroke of the paintbrush so that we can begin to see what's going on. We've got darkness and deep. Then the God's going to speak, and the first thing he's going to do is going to separate the light from the darkness. We'll get into that next week. But we see here, um, you know, the, the, he, 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 he tells us that there that gives us something to start with in the, the stroke of the brush. And anybody, any painters in the house, any, anyone that's watched painting or, or watched a painting come about, and what you see is they take the paintbrush and they start laying stuff out, and then they just layer over and over and over. It's a, it's a wonderful thing as the imagery comes to life. As you watch a painter, as he takes it, he put, put, you're like, what is that? Oh, it's, 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 Moses is doing that for us right now. He's saying, look, there's, there's dark. Darkness and there's deep. Darkness and there's deep. He said, darkness and deep. This is the baseline of the conversation and the portrait that I'm putting out there. Now, you're going to need this in times to come, that we all start out wearing the womb, darkness and deep. See, we don't see light until we come on the other side. Anybody tracking with me? Come on. So there's not, those of you gentlemen here this morning, you may not have all the physiology. When that baby is in the womb, it's in in the water. (laughs) That deep talking about here in the Word, it tells us what that deep is. It's water. It's water. So there's darkness and there's water. But see, not ready in the womb there's an incubation period, and there's, there's, they're, they're going to come. That child is going to come out of the womb. They're going to open their little eyes, and they're going to see the light. They're not in darkness. Oh, I, I can't, I can't. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tiptoe in the next week's just a minute. See, God separated the darkness from the light, and and so He said the first order of business. Uh, as we're looking at the darkness of the deep, as we've got to we got to separate the put a boundary, if you will, from the from the light into the darkness. Oh, I was going to say this, but I can't. I just can't because what happens now? We see it every single day. In fact, it was Tertullian said. Uh, he said, "You know what? We have the re- we have the 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 imagery of the resurrection of God every single day uh, because what happens? Uh, the light uh, is separated, uh, and the light is who defines the bo- 
borders, not the darkness. And so the light gets to marching around the world. The world begins to march around the light. And each, each and every day, there's a pushback. There's a pushback of the darkness. See, the darkness can't encroach. You can't spin this thing backwards. you got to go the direction God says. And so he pushes the darkness each and every day. You know, the rest of it, you got to come next week. Okay. So we had the darkness in the deep, the darkness in the deep. It's amazing to me that it was on the third day. It was the third day that God brought the earth up out, the dry land up out, put vegetation on the earth on the third day. How long was Jesus in the grave? And on the third day, there was vegetation. There was, there was separation. They brought him up. They brought him up out of, out of the water, out of the deep, and there was a passing through from from the from the waters into to get to the other side. So there's a lifting up out, and all of a sudden, there's habitable ground that you can walk on. Now, interesting enough, as you look at that. It's amazing that the firmament, I, I don't know, it's kind of baffled me. I had to do a little bit of study on the firmament, the expanses. And, and, and if you'll allow me just a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some things with you. When it, as you get in your mind how that God created the heavens and the earth, and, and, and we see how that he started out with the waters and the darkness, but he brought the light in there, and then he brings the earth up. But that firmament... <laughs> Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and in verse 6, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Uh, let it be divided, the waters from waters. Now, that firmament's always kind of puzzled me, but then I, I got to look in a little study. It says, some commentators and scientists believe that the Bible recognized the existence of a sufficient water vapor in the sky. In other words, when... The world that we see right now, it's, it's not like it was before the flood. So you've got this waters of the deep, and they have been separated, and there's waters of the sky. In fact, it is believed that it consisted a water blanket that was above the stratosphere, possibly above the stratosphere, in the heights all the way in even into outer space, there was this water that covered. There was this canopy. And in so doing, there would have been a basically a global greenhouse. It would be a climate that would have no wind. It would be a climate that would pretty much be the perfect temperature year-round. So you can go to the beach every day. Amen. It would be filled with lush, tropic-like vegetation. But interesting enough, it would not be fed by the rain that would descend, but water vapors that would ascend. Keep in mind, he's talking to Nicodemus. Keep in mind, you're asking yourself the question, can I change? You got to be born in this world, or you're not even allowed to be called a human. <laughs> Amen. Or, or, or conceived, you know, AI or not human. <laughs> she got a request on one of her. I don't know what it was. Do you want to have a conversation with a artificial artificial intelligence? <laughs> she said, "No, I got, I got him." <laughs> so, looking here. And we're seeing there's a world that existed before the world we know, right? So in that, what we see is that God created man on earth, and they, they refused to retain covenant with the Lord. They refused to do what God had asked, and that would be to obey and to further his kingdom throughout the entirety of the world. And in so doing, God took a covenant people, Noah and his family, to go and build an ark, and in the building of that ark, you're going to enter in to that place of refuge and safety. Now, the New Testament calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. 
I believe that historians will tell us, and if you've been to the ark in Kentucky, you'll see that it was ample size, and historians tell us that there was ample room for all of the known world population at that time could have entered into that ark, but only the ones that had accepted the plea were the ones that went in. The righteous, those that were in covenant. But we see here that Noah entered into the ark. And when he entered into the ark, there was something that took place that had never taken place before. That water vapors that were coming up from the, from the earth broke up. And the water barrier that was above fell down. And now all of a sudden the world was completely flooded. And only eight persons inside the ark were safe from that wrath that was being poured out. Now, Noah and his family entered the ark out of the old world. And they got into the ark, and then God closed the door. But when the door was open, now they stepped into a new world. See, they had passed through the waters. Nicodemus, you got to pass through the waters. You understand baptism. You understand that baptism means you're passing through the waters. Here, Noah and his family passed through. And in the passing through, there was something that God controlled that man couldn't, and that is nature. And now he declares uh, there will be a breaking up uh, of, the, of the world's <laughs> water system. It's going to change the dynamic. And let me say to you, when you come into the kingdom of God, you leave the old world and you step into a new world. You enter into the ark of safety who is Jesus Christ. And when you come out on the other side, you're not walking the way you used to walk. You're not talking the way you used to talk. You're not trying to be good enough. The goodness is living on the inside of you that declares to you, you are as you ought to be by the sacrifice of the Father, of the Father's sacrifice, which is his Son. See, I, this is what always messed me up. As I'd hit the altar when the altar was given as a child, a few days later I was right back doing what I was doing. I'd hit the altar as a teenager, but then I was right back until finally I got tired of going to church, and I got tired of going to the altar. <laughs> and I was like, man, you know, whatever. So I started living a life of literal self-destructive behavior. I did it because it was my nature. I hurt myself because that's who I was. <laughs> because it was in my nature. I was living in an old world system. I was, it was so easy. I was living in an old world system, but then when I entered the ark of Jesus Christ, holy surrender when he opened it up to me and said, son, I need you to come into me and I'll come into you. I need you to step into this place of safety. I need you to, I need you to be born from above. Uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a new birth. Uh, you were born uh, at Harris Hospital in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, uh, some 55 years ago on January 31st, 1968. But you're gonna be born above, uh, from above. You're gonna be born again. Uh, and when you're born again, your nature changes. <laughs> when you're born again, your your thoughts change. <laughs> when you're born again, you don't you don't look like you used to look. You don't act like you used to act. Uh, in fact, you're a, you're a brand new creature in Jesus Christ. And you don't have to be convinced to go to church or read your Bible. You don't have to be convinced to pray and call out upon God. You don't have to have, a, I, I'm not taking away from programs. I, I believe in programs. I, I believe that, that you need uh, to be established in your identity in Christ. But let me tell you, from a former drug addict, from a former self-abuser, from a former self-hater, I came to the place and my nature was changed. I wasn't who I was anymore. I'd come through the waters and the old world was gone and I was different so you ask me can I change you need to ask yourself can you surrender 
If you can surrender to his lordship, he'll change you. He'll change you. He'll change you. See, it's the old to the new. So, that's not the only time the covenant people pass through the water. Nicodemus, are you getting this? Nicodemus, do you see? When God created you, you're, you're a student of Moses. What did Moses say? What did he write under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? In the beginning, God, and God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of that deep, just looking to pull somebody out of that abyss, just looking to pull somebody through the waters. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He's listening for the command of the Father to pull people up out of that darkness and bring, put their feet upon a rock that they can stand and live and move. So... Another occurrence of a passing through the waters. There, the covenant people found themselves in bondage to Egypt. Bondage to Egypt. They had lived in that state for 400 plus years. They took the babies in the beginning, as we see in Exodus, and because the enemy knew that he was threatened, he attacked the seed and started throwing the seed into the Nile River. But God preserved the seed uh, in a boat, uh, in an ark. And so now uh, he's like, I'm hearing you, Lord. I'm, so he preserves the deliverer in an ark. You've seen this before. And so Nicodemus, have, are you getting me? Are you tracking with me, Nicodemus? You've you got to pass through the waters, Nicodemus. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the womb of, of, your, of your natural person. It's creation. Uh, your nature is being changed. I'm taking you out of darkness, uh, a darkened understanding into, uh, into um, an, an alienated mind to an aligned mind. Are you, are you hearing me, Nicodemus? Uh, there is change in the horizon. There's change uh, in this house right now. If you could just hear the voice of God, uh, something Listen to me. Listen to God. What is he saying to you? I'm going to pull you up out of there. So now there's Moses and just kind of funny how God does things. The one that Pharaoh was threatened by, he ended up raising him in his own house. Just got that baby boy out of that ark and Pharaoh's daughter said, I want him. He said, all right, you can have him. What thread is a baby? Oh, wait. That is a Hebrew child. How do we know? He's been circumcised. Bring him to the house. Raise him in the court. Raise him in the house of Pharaoh. Hmm. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? How did Moses get an audience with the new Pharaoh? I don't know. He just he knew him. He knew them all. And God set it up. So finally, the blood of the lamb comes. Coincidence? No. God challenges every God, every Elohim, every spirit that was controlling Egypt, every spirit that controls the world is no match to our God. There's only one king. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. Yes, there's a supernatural unseen realm and it is full of darkness. But let me tell you, child of God, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on. And so what we see there, it comes a time. Now they're released and they did just go out empty-handed. They, they plundered, if you will. They plundered Egypt and they're carried out and they come to a water crossing. And the Lord's like, could have led you the other way. It was a lot safer and easier on you, but I need this occurrence to teach future generations. <laughs> so if you don't mind, I'm going to take you to the Red Sea, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to lock you in there because I need somebody to know when they pass through the waters, it's going to be miraculous. <laughs> 
It's going to be life-changing. It's going to be transformative. See, each occurrence is something miraculous takes place. Creation was miraculous. We see that the, we see that the flood that came, that wasn't by the, the earth's doing. It was miraculous. And you once had received rain that came from the earth, but now the world said, Lord, I just, I'm, I'm going to send my own son down there, and but we're going to have to depend upon the rain that comes from heaven now, not from the rain that comes from earth. And so uh, what we see is that we, 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 we got this circumstance and there's something miraculous that's taking place. We got to have another pass through. Can I change? Oh, you most definitely can change. If I can change, you got no excuse. Pass through the waters. Be still, people, and know that God is God and that he will take care of us today. This is Moses. <laughs> Lord, what are we doing? He said, Moses, lift the rod. Lift the authority of the word because the spirit's just waiting on the authority of the word to be spoken. And he'll open up that, that passageway. <laughs> He opened it up and he dried it up and they got to marching on dry ground. I think some of them are running. <laughs> I'm out of here. Get to the other side. Now what do I do? Now what do we do? The, the fires lift the cloud. The fires lifted the pillar of fire. Now the Pharaoh's coming with all of his army. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Glad you asked. Raise the rod. And then the chariot wheels of the, of the enemy fall off. And it wasn't until then, unfortunately, that they realized that God Jehovah was on Israel's side, not theirs. They knew something supernatural was taking place. And he said, lift the rod, read the story. And now the waters that had parted to let the covenant people go through, it closed down in on them and destroyed all of Pharaoh's strength. The horse and the rider. So there was, a, there was an occurrence of a flood where you leave an old world into a new world. And you know why? We want to serve God because our nature has been changed. And it's sad to me that people come to church and they get so pumped up with behavioral modification that's trying to convince them that that's all you need in order to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And God's saying, I just want to have a relationship with you, and that will take care of your behavior. If you will just surrender to my Lordship, I'll be your Lord, and we will walk this thing out together. You can change. You see, part of religion that kind of leaves out the good news that when they passed through that water they were no longer governed by the world they were no longer governed by Pharaoh they now can walk they're free people what's salvation that doesn't include freedom not freedom to do as I wish or I want. Freedom to be who I'm called to be in him because his plan is so much better than mine. When I was a kid, all I wanted to do was grow up and be like my father. I wanted to drink Coors and drive a truck. I couldn't hold my liquor and I couldn't back, back a trailer. <laughs> kind of disqualified me. I learned how to back a trailer after I got saved, not before. But see, when I became born again, I just want to be like my father. I just want to be like my father. I just want to walk with him. I want to talk with him. I want to know what's on his heart. I want to know him and make him known. I want to see what he sees, and I want to hear what he hears. And you know where the heart of the father is at? Right here in this place right now. What is he looking to? He's looking to you. He's wanting to bring you out of the tight-fisted tyranny of the enemy and bring you into a place of safety because he's got a plan and a purpose for you. And it does not mean that you continue to self-destruct. It doesn't mean that you 
continue on a path where you just, it sickens you to go to church because you're so sick of your life and you don't want to be reminded of how sick your world is. See, what religion will not tell you, what the devil doesn't want you to know, is now you have authority through Jesus Christ. You're no longer. Don't ever let these words cross your lips. The devil made me do it. No, if you're a child of God, you better be saying, God's given me authority over the devil because no weapon formed against Jesus will ever prosper. Thus, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. It doesn't mean that he may not aggravate you and that you may not step into a spiritual warfare, but the warfare will be you knowing who you are in Christ and defeating the enemy to say, no more! Will I live under the tyranny of the torment of fear? One of the most wonderful things that I discovered about salvation is I could lay my head down at night and sleep. Now, if I get over-caffeinated, it's like anybody else, I'll wake up with the witches. But you know, God will give you a rest in your soul. Flood was miraculous. The Red Sea parting was miraculous. They had to go through. Then there's one more occurrence where God takes them from an old world to a new world. He takes them. He takes them from bondage to freedom. And now he's going to take them from wilderness to promises. So when you get there at that Jordan, here we are again. We had an ark at creation. We had an ark at the, started it all in Egypt, and now we got another ark. Seems like a theme's passing through here. God's kind of weaving a thread, don't you know? When that ark touches that, that water of the Jordan, that low place, there's going to be a separation of the waters. And Israel's going to pass through. Oh, if you need to know, that ark is a representation of Jesus. That that omer of bread, that manna that was kept there, Jesus is the bread of life. Aaron's rod that budded, that declared Aaron as the priest, Jesus is our high priest. <laughs> The, the tablets of stone that were etched by the finger of God on the front and on the back and those commandments that were laid in there, that is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The same was the beginning with God. All things were made by the Word, and without the Word was not anything made that was made. So we see that that ark is Jesus. And when Jesus steps into the Jordan, those waters are parted. And then we fast forward, and we get up to the place where Jesus now is being baptized by John in the very place that the crossing took place and now when they baptize it wasn't the it wasn't the Jordan that opened but now my Lord the heavens are open and it's the father declaring this is my son in whom I am well pleased so Nicodemus I'm telling you you got to be born from above you got to be born from above you can't rebirth yourself you can't, on earth's side, do anything worthy of salvation. That's the point. But you are required to be holy. How can I be holy? When the priest takes the sacrifice and puts it in the garment, that garment is holy, that sacrifice is holy. But if it touches someone else, it becomes unholy because it's a natural sacrifice. But when Jesus came, he sacrificed. Now it's reversed because he came from above. And so whoever he touches, they become holy. Whoever he touches, they become holy. Holy. 
Whoever he touches becomes holy. And now they go out and they share the love of Jesus and they receive the message of the good news and now they become holy. And I just venture to guess there's some folks in jail this week that got to hear the message of the holiness of God. I know there were some children that were in Mexico this week. They got ministered and they were told that the holiness and the goodness of God. There were some folks at a men's retreat this week and they came down and they found that miraculous transformation of passing through the waters. Oh, Nick, hear me, Nick. Hear me, Nick. You can change. You can change. But see, it's not a, Lord, make me Savior. It's Christ there. I got my words ahead of my thoughts. It's not, Lord, be my Savior, or Jesus, be my Savior. See, a lot of times we come to the altar and we're like, Jesus, save me, Jesus, save me, Jesus, save me. And we leave out the very key component of the miraculous transformation. And that's when we come to him and say, Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Lord. Take the only place that you can occupy, and that's the lordship of my life. And Jesus, for every child of God, Jesus is enthroned upon their heart. And it doesn't matter the world events. They're not moving from their relationship with God. It doesn't matter if it's an economic crisis or a pandemia. It doesn't matter. Jesus is on the throne of their heart. Why? Because there's been a miraculous occurrence that took place in their life. They came through the waters. They passed through the flood. They passed through the sea. They passed through the Jordan. They've gone from an old world to a new world, an old nature to a new nature. They go from a bondage to freedom. They go from wilderness to promises. And they live because they have been born from above. And their resources are not from the earth anymore. The resources well, we live in the same world as everybody else lives. But let me tell you, when the tough get going, let me tell you what a child of God does. He looks up and says, oh, I'm going to look up because my redemption draws nigh. I am looking in an excited viewpoint of what God is doing, but also in the same breath, deeply concerned for the souls that are in this room. Lord told me in worship, before we ever started this thing, there's souls weighing in the balance today. And I thank God that he has privileged us to have the opportunity to share with you the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. You can change, but you can't change yourself. You can change, but you can't change yourself. What you can do is you can respond to God in faith and he will respond to you in grace. When you surrender to his lordship, he surrenders to you a new nature, a new freedom, and new promises. See, that's the passing through the waters. That is the born-again experience. And if you haven't experienced that, and church is drudgery, the Bible is tasteless, can't remember the last time you talked to God because you can't remember the last time you were in that, that hole, <laughs> Lord, if you save me now, I've been there, I've done that. My plea with God was always, Lord, if you, if you let me go to Six Flags with the youth, I'll serve you. You know what I'm talking about, that deal. Lord, if you do this, I'll do that. If you do this, I'll do that. 7-Eleven, Jefferson Street, Bowie, Texas. I laid in my bed one night, so deeply convicted of sin. My wife was pregnant with her oldest daughter, tormented, tormented. 
felt like a failure every area of my life. And especially when it came to being the person I was, God wanted me to be. I said, Lord, can you change me? I've tried this. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to be good enough. I just don't understand. And the Lord said, Mike, surrender. Just surrender. Lord, I don't know if I can. He said, yeah, you can. Just jump. Just jump. Just surrender. Leave it all behind. Jump off the ledge. And, and, and when you get down there, I'll catch you. Just when you get to the bottom, I'll, I'll be there. But you got to leave all that behind. We're passing through the waters. It was amazing enough that he brought the imagery. I've shared this, and I'm sorry if I bore you, but I'm just I'm, I'm limited on my stories, okay? I lose. I try. I try. Bridgeport Dam, we a bunch of goofy kids go up there, teenagers. Do not do this, teenagers. I do not permit you to do this. <laughs> Crawl up on the edge of the dam and jump. Because that's what we did. I knew she was a marrying kind because she got up there and jumped with me. So, which I said, now, baby, you got to clear that tree. <laughs> so get way off out there in the middle. Jump out. Don't jump back. Jump out. That's what I look like every time. I'm just going to land in the water. <laughs> See, for me, that salvation experience was just that. Passing through the water for me was leaving the old life and everything behind. Everything. My successes, my failures, my wants, my cravings. I understand where you're at, addict. Come on, that's the first step of it, admitting the fact that you got a problem with those cravings. You can change, and those cravings can be broken. I attest to that. See, all of that, I had to leave up there. When I hit the water of his salvation through absolute surrender to his lordship, he miraculously changed my nature, taught me how to walk as the head, not the tail. He brought me into promise to live, not in the wilderness, but in the promises that he's given me. He's got the same in store for you. But he will not take second position. He can't. It's like trying to reverse the laws of nature. It's just not going to happen. Tomorrow morning, that sun's going to come up, and that darkness is going to go away. And we want it to. Amen. We want it to. But when the light begins to shine in your heart, it pushes the darkness out. And you want it to. Lord told me in the beginning of the service, there are souls weighing in the balance. If you're at a place now and you're saying, I need to pass through, I need to be born from above, I haven't surrendered to his lordship. You won't even have to prove it. It'll be proven by your nature change and your walk. I want you to stand. Worship team, make your way up right now. Father, I did what you told me to. I presented like you asked me to. And Father, I, I can't do any more. Father, you're doing what, what you do. By the power of your spirit, you're convicting the heart, Lord. You've done your part. I've done my part. Lord, it's up to them. It's up to them to surrender. If they don't surrender, Lord God, only you know the future. Lord,